Kowski cast. I'm Mary Kwiatkowski. And I'm Rachel Stukenborg. And today we are back for another episode of Twilight, the only podcast on the internet that debates the pros and cons of the Twilight Saga. This week we're breaking down chapters three and four of the first Twilight novel. All right, let's jump into it. So Rachel, we got two more chapters here. What'd you think big picture overall about these chunk of chapters? Big picture, Bella sucks, dude. Like <laughs> She sucks big time. But I think I enjoyed that there was a little more action. What about you? I was actually kind of surprised that there was so much action for it just being chapter three. It like seems like a pretty big vent to to make the turning of the plot, but I guess the, the author decided that they couldn't just have Edward be like a distant loner for chapters and chapters and chapters. I mean, starting with chapter three, we're already on page 53, so we're, you know, we're yeah. into it. We need to get these characters communicating. I forgot that like Twilight has action too, because I did my first read so long ago that the most I remember from it is just like, oh, there's Edward and Bella and Jacob and it's like a love triangle. But things happen. It's kind of yeah. exciting. Sorry, yeah, I'm supposed happen. to be the con side, but things <laughs> You're happen. Right. You're right. Well, you know, it's, a, it's an exciting chapter, so we can get into it. Chapter three, Phenomenon. This is the big chapter you'll probably remember from the book or from the really cheesy scene in the movie where the car in the parking lot comes over and almost kills Bella, but oh, Edward saves her, so it's really intense. I like how the book just kind of jumps right into it of there's very little preamble at the beginning of the chapter. She wakes up and it's very snowy and all like the rain overnight kind of froze and it's all icy and we got two pages of Bella being upset about ice. Yes so she hates the snow and I always thought this was kind of funny that like she's all happy because there's no fog and she can tell that it's clear outside and then it's just a huge letdown that it's only clear (laughs) because it it was snowy and icy on the ground. Which I still feel like if there was ice covering the ground, I think that they should have canceled school. I was thinking the same thing. And I mean, obviously the ice becomes a hazard, foreshadowing. They probably should have canceled. Yeah, I definitely think they should have canceled. So it's ridiculous. Bella is excited to get to school to see Edward, but she knows that this is stupid and that it's like that she's already obsessed with this guy, right? Which I kind of feel like at least she's honest with herself. Other books maybe or other similar types of stories. There's like more denial from the character yeah. of like, no, I'm not really into him. No, she pretty much just just jumps in. Yeah. I appreciate Bella's self-awareness. She knows she's a little obsessed with him and she knows it's unhealthy because they've only spoken once at this point. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's think about it. They've only spoken once and it was that weird sexy biology conversation. <laughs> right. Sexy biology <laughs> conversation. She's noticing that while Edward word seems to be, you know, cold to her and they don't really talk. All of the other guys in this school are very fond of her. Well, I mean, by all of the others, I mean the two guys that she mentions, Eric and Mike. So here is something that I think is kind of interesting is that like, this is a common trope with a lot of books or just pieces of material where you have like the girl who all the guys like and maybe she doesn't know why because she views herself 
as being, I don't know, like not on in their league or maybe she hasn't had a lot of boyfriends in the past or something like that. But there's actually a paragraph in the book that explains like why the guys might like her, which I kind of, I kind of like so that the you're not just sitting here wondering the whole time, like, what is it about her? She seems yeah. boring. Why do these guys like her? I think I literally said that in the last podcast. I was like, what is it about Bella? <laughs> like, all these guys are obsessed with her, but she does go into it. And I, I feel like I kind of related to a bit of it because she was yeah. like, maybe it was like, they're just interested in me because it's like a novelty, like I'm a new thing, you know? Or maybe she's actually prettier than she thinks she is because she grew up in like the same school system for her entire life. And I kind of related to this part that people who have grown up with you your entire life maybe still have that image of you of when you were five, you know, and they can't get past that, even if you've changed as a person and like glowed up. So she's like, well, yeah. maybe I'm actually more exciting and more attractive than I think I am just because I've spent my whole life with people who have known me since I was a baby. Yeah, they say the boys back home had watched me pass slowly through all the awkward phases of adolescence and probably still thought of me that way, which I, yeah, I identify with that. I think there's a certain element. It's weird, like dating now when I see people on dating apps or something like that, I will think it's almost weird to think like, I don't know what they were like when they were in elementary school, middle school, high school, whatever, because I'm just so used to having grown up with this same group of people. Unless it is someone from your high school you're running into on dating apps. Well, there's that. (laughs) There is that. That does happen. Well, and I can't remember if we mentioned this last time, but like a surprisingly large number of people from our high school who did know each other growing up and everything are now like together or married or whatever. (laughs) That kind of goes against this theory of like people being, I guess it's like two sides. You're either so used to someone and you know everything about them that you have this connection, or maybe you meet someone later because they didn't have to see you. But that mm-hmm. certainly certainly could be a reason why people are seeing Bella because I think you like sort of still think of yourself in your awkward phase. Right. I definitely know that that has happened with me in the past. Yeah, I definitely related to that part. I appreciated that because like middle school me, she she was not cute. And when I was in high school, I was like, man, I'm never I'm never gonna move on from that with this group of people because I was at the same school system like kindergarten through 12th grade we both were because we met in kindergarten yes we did (laughs) I know lifelong besties yeah so I I think that it's kind of interesting that they do take the time to mention this which is definitely something that the movie kind of skips over which is part of the frustration I think people have with this book okay then we have the event itself the accident (laughs) the phenomenon one might say yeah and and so surprisingly it's like four paragraphs for how pivotal it is to not only this chapter but the book the actual event itself is really really short mm-hmm. and I had to read it a couple times I definitely at least the first time I read it I had to read it a couple times to figure out what what exactly happened here the, the most confusing part so she's standing by the back of her truck and there's this weird bit where she's like really overcome with emotion because she noticed that her dad put snow chains on her car yeah she starts crying because she notices the chains and that that part I was like girl you good because I don't know she's like not used to people taking care of her but that's such a it's not like out of the ordinary like oh it's snowing outside my dad put chains on my car I don't know they didn't really do that here because we don't get a lot of snow but I feel like that'd be a very normal thing to do in Forks yeah I think it'd be a normal thing to do in Forks I can't say that I've ever had to put snow chains just like where we live or where we've spent most of our life in Virginia unlike this situation if it's snowing if there's ice on the ground like school's canceled work's canceled everything's canceled so I didn't really have to drive 
through treacherous terrain that often. Right. And when I did, if I was like suddenly stuck somewhere that was icy, I would just drive very, very slow and pull over immediately. Mm. So never had that. So the next thing she sees, a bunch of things happen all at once. And somehow she's able to notice Edward Cullen because that's just, she's got a radar for that kind of thing. She's got Ed Darst. Ed Darst. <laughs> and so he's like four cars away, they say. And so she's standing by the back corner of her car, which I'm picturing to be like behind the driver's seat, right? Okay. Like that back corner, not behind the passenger. I honestly have no mental picture of this scene. I like could not follow it. Well, I can't figure out where the car that hits her is coming from. So it says dark blue van is skidding, tires locked and squealing against the brakes, spinning wildly across the ice of the parking lot. How big is this parking lot? How is it not hitting (laughs) anyone else? It was going to hit the back corner of my truck and I was standing between them. That's such a weird way to phrase that. Like not just it was going to hit me because it was going to hit you first. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I didn't even have time to close my eyes. And then so then Edward legs all of a sudden there pushes her down and it says behind the tan car she was parked next to. So I don't know like in which direction that went. But okay, so she's now they didn't mention the tan car before she was being pushed behind it. Right. So she's now behind this tan car. And then it says, but wait, the the van was coming again. So that's the part where I was confused the first time. I'm like, did the van like hit her car and then move away and then come back? But I think it's like the van hits the back corner of her car and then sort of wraps around the trunk and then Mm -hmm. like the other side of the car was gonna hit her. I don't know. The The physics is so messed up in this scenario. It doesn't really make sense. (laughs) I think the wraparound method is probably the most accurate. I mean, that's all that I can guess could potentially be happening here. Anyway, so Edward manages to save her. There's a lot of stuff in this chapter about how Bella's like, no, you were far away, then you were next to me, and that's like the part she's nitpicking. But yeah. like, dude. She almost he, dies. Well, and not only that, but it's like you saw him push his hands that into a car that dented it. Mm-hmm. That's not possible. Yeah. So. Also, she almost died, and the thing that she's most concerned about is like, how'd you get here so fast? <laughs> Girl. Like, are you okay? Check yourself. There's there's so much. There's so much Mm -hmm. here that's a little bit confusing. All right. Anyway, so this all happens. She gets taken to the hospital. Everyone's freaking out. And she's more annoyed throughout this chapter about, like, people checking on her to see if she's okay. And, like, all the hospital business with, like, having to be put on a stretcher and having a neck brace on. She's more annoyed about that than she is that, like, this dude almost killed her with her car. Yeah. She's honestly kind of rude to the people in the hospital. She, like... Like, doesn't want them to do anything to her. She doesn't listen to anything they're saying. She keeps saying, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Even though as they're touching her, like her head, because she hit her head on the pavement, it's painful to her. Yeah, it says she cracked her head against the pavement. Like that sounds bad. Yeah. I mean, I've fallen down before, but I've never fallen like head first. I usually catch myself on something. Mm-hmm. Also, Edward, man, if you were coming over here trying to save her, you would think you could have protected her head a little bit. Right. Got super speed and strength. Like, ooh, maybe it was a cover up though, because, okay, so he comes into the hospital room. She's asking him more questions. She's like, there's no way you could have gotten there that fast. I saw you cross the parking lot. You're lying to me, blah, blah. And he like gaslights her so hard. He's oh, like, yeah. oh no, like you hit your head. You're not remembering it correctly. So maybe he let her hit her head because he wanted to have that cover up. I don't know. That's a lot of planning. That's like really abusive. That turns this whole relationship into like physically abusive. That's yeah. not. 
good. I agree. Let's hope that's not the case. Good uh, conspiracy theory, Thank though. You. Yeah. I just wanted to stop down here about the whole, like, embarrassed about people seeing her on the stretcher and stuff. Like, I know that she thinks she's okay and that she probably doesn't have a concussion, although we don't find that out until later, but turns out she's actually fine, doesn't have a concussion. But when I was in college, I hurt myself. Now, before everyone gets too excited, because the <laughs> ambulance did have to be called, but I ended up being okay, and it was nowhere near as glamorous as this whole situation. I was taking a nap, and I was really stressed out because it was exam week, and I was the only one in my room. My roommate wasn't there. I was taking a nap, and then I heard, I don't know if I got, like, a notification on my phone or my alarm went off or something, but I, like, rolled over and reached over when I was laying on my back for the phone, and somehow I hurt my neck oh. like an old man, oh. and then I couldn't move. Couldn't move my neck. I couldn't do anything. Couldn't reach my phone because I it, it just hurt to move. Your neck's connected to your back. It was all really bad. Yeah. So I wasn't able to move, and so I just had to, like, yell slash moan for someone in the hallway to go get an RA because, like, my door was locked because I was taking a nap. Mm-hmm. So it was very frustrating. So anyway, that happened, and then they eventually came in. They called the emergency crew, and they, like, sat me up, and I was super embarrassed while this was happening because the RA had told my sister that I was paralyzed, and she was, like, <laughs> running across campus trying to get to me, and one of my friend's moms was there, and she was like, Mary, what's going on? She's, like, talking on the phone with my parents, and I'm like, oh, this is so embarrassing because I was taking a nap, so I'm, like, in my pajamas, like, no makeup, like, there's all these people crowding around me, and I ended up just being like, hey, how much is this ambulance gonna cost? And they were like, $2,000. And I'm like, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm just gonna <laughs> stay here. So then I didn't leave. And then it took, you know, a couple weeks for my neck to heal. And Ugh. I just basically couldn't. I just had to sleep sitting up for like a couple oh weeks. Gosh, are you like good since? That seems pretty serious. Uh, yeah, I, it was just like a nerve. Like when you're stressed, mm. your nerves tighten up. And then yeah. if you make sudden movements, you can like pull a nerve. Yeah, if I, if I go like rock climbing or something, sometimes if I reach weird, I can feel it coming on. Mm. Or if I'm lifting heavy things and I'm like really tensing my body, I'll mm-hmm. just have to remember to relax. Otherwise, I can hurt myself again. Mm. But I'm fine. I'm fine. Look, okay. It's just, you know, years of really terrible posture and playing <laughs> field hockey incorrectly gave me a bad back. Okay. I'll do it. Okay. Field hockey, though, to be fair, they taught us you bend your body into a 90 degree angle and put your stick on the ground, and that's how you play. Yeah, that was incorrect. Yeah. But then that's how knees, they guys, us. not with your back. So, anyway, that was a tangent. But my point of this whole thing was I have been in this situation. I understand what it's like to be embarrassed, but I was also concerned for my health. So I was like, please help me, medical personnel. Mm-hmm. And Bella is, uh, she's just not about that. So we also find out here while she's in the hospital that like the guy who hit her with the truck, Tyler, Tyler Crowley, mm-hmm. here's another character for us because we don't have enough. Has he come in before? Because I feel like they just started talking about him like he already existed in this universe. And I was I do not remember oh, learning no. about him in the first two chapters. This is yeah, what I'm talking about. So. Characters being unmemorable. Right. I think that he's just, we get like no description of Tyler at all. No. He's just a guy. We have no description of him. Well, like at least Mike we know has like the spiked blonde hair and mm-hmm. Eric has dark hair and, and acne mm-hmm. but that and looks like a chess club player, <laughs> how they keep describing him. That's what we've got for those guys, but we got nothing on Tyler. So yeah. that's uh, that's fun. Tyler's just the guy that was doing 360s in the parking lot. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> just coming in hot, doing donuts. <laughs> and there's a great line here I like about Bella when she gets put in the hospital where she says, since no one bothered 
pulling the curtain around me to give me some privacy, I decided I wasn't obligated to wear this stupid-looking neck brace anymore. When the nurse walked away, I quickly unfastened the Velcro and threw it under the bed. <laughs> I don't know why I find that to be so funny. Yeah. This Tyler guy keeps trying to apologize to her, and she's not really having it. Then Edward comes in, like you said, gaslights mm-hmm. her a bunch. And then we meet Carlisle Cullen. Carlisle. Man. And we discussed last time about the fact that he's like what twenty four or something ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> or like he's supposedly twenty four, even though yeah. he's like hundreds of years old. But in in as people believe him to be, he's supposedly twenty four years old and also an MD. Or like the age of his body is like twenty four, but like he's trying to pass as like a twenty eight to thirty something year old. Mm. So I had this funny thing when I was looking up Carlisle. This is like mild spoilers, but we already discussed that we we're gonna be doing spoilers here. So when I looked up Carlisle. Cullen, he pops up on this thing that I don't know if anyone's heard about this, but it was this article that was written in, I think, 2010 called the Forbes Fictional 15, and it's the 15 most uh, wealthy fictional characters mm. based on a lot of stuff. There's things like like Scrooge McDuck is in here, and uh, I can't remember the other ones, but there Scrooge? was a bunch of- Like the Scrooge? Uh, I don't know. Like the, the Scrooge McDuck from like the cartoons. I don't know who that is. Am I uncultured? Sorry. He's like in, uh, you know, like the- Is that Looney Tunes? Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Scrooge McDuck is number two. Yes, I was right. Okay. I remembered that. Okay, he's um he's from Uncle Scrooge Comics. You never seen this? He's like a like always got like a bunch of money and he's always like diving into the money pit. Oh yeah, it's like Donald but with a top hat. Okay, okay, this yeah. guy's familiar. Yeah. So anyway, so like Richie Rich from the Richie Rich movies. Tony Stark is number four. Mm. Let's see, Bruce Wayne's on here. The Tooth Fairy is on here. <laughs> um, Artemis Fowl. Chuck Bass, Lucille Bluth, but the number one is Carlisle Cullen, and it's like by a lot. Well, no, Scrooge McDuck's pretty close, but Carlisle Cullen apparently worth thirty four point five billion. And so what it says here on this article is: immortal vampire and small town doctor has quietly amassed a fortune over three centuries. He received generous handouts from Italian friends in the sixteen seventies, put savings in bank, reaped billions in compound interest, (laughs) made shrewd long term investments in steel gold oil thanks to precision of daughter turned financial advisor Alice saw recession early <laughs> and then it says he um he invested early in Walmart and Apple and then he earned a doctor salary for 340 years without having to pay for groceries or healthcare expenses wow. so I thought that was hilarious long term compound interest it'll do it for you yeah like you know 300 years of, of stuff really helps <laughs> this guy so that's awesome I'm glad you I found that, that. Was funny. all right so not only is Carlisle Cullen quote did Bella say handsomer than Edward even though handsomer is like so I, I not quite a word noted the word handsomer because it was kind of annoying so he's handsomer and rolling in it it says handsomer than any any other doctor I'd seen or something like that oh okay so not than Edward my bad no not not more than Edward I don't believe okay. but but that reminds me while we're talking about the family that there was a pretty big note here in this chapter of how Bella also noticed when they were going in the ambulance to the hospital that the rest of his family looked like super angry mm. and like it says with expressions that range from disapproval to fury mm-hmm. they're really not doing a good job of being inconspicuous to yeah. Bella at least 
Also, they're really bad liars. Yes. So it's really amazing that no one's figured out the Cullens are something questionable with the fact that they're all really terrible liars. Discussion topic. How likely is it that no one else in school noticed Edward standing far away? Bella is going to claim that she was, she just like watches him so much more and that's really pathetic. If these people are as hot as everyone says they are, you would think that at least one person in the school might just like casually notice Mm -hmm. them. Like they're not invisible. I know that they are kind of loners and try to be separate, but they've, they're only, what, they've, they've been in this town for like two years or something, so they're yeah. still like relatively new. Mm-hmm. So she talked to a few people about if they saw Edward or not. They were all just saying like, oh no, I was looking at you, or the car was coming so fast, everything happened so fast, I didn't really notice. So I feel like in this instance, it seems like she was on one side of the parking lot, they were on the other side. So she was looking out, where, whereas everyone else was kind of looking at her when they saw the car. So I feel like it's feasible that everyone was looking toward this crazy sound and the spiraling car. I guess. I guess that's fair mm-hmm. to think of it that way. So another thing I want to talk about here is what Bella does or like how she communicates with Edward when he's being all difficult with her. Because while we have definitely seen a lot of her at least internally being obsessed and being flustered and, and that sort of thing, she's actually relatively sassy like with him <laughs> or like snarky I guess yeah. uh, in a lot of her responses. So she kind of pivots here on page 65 where he's like, oh, aren't you gonna, you know, just thank me for saving your life or whatever? And she's like, fine. And then later on she says, you know, why did you even bother if you clearly like don't care about saving me? Why didn't you just let the, the car hurt me? And it says, he paused for a brief moment. His stunning face was unexpectedly vulnerable. I don't know, he whispered. And then he turned and walked away. Okay, so that seems like a silly thing to mention, but for me that really stands out as a moment where where like he's a little bit vulnerable Mm -hmm. and that's the kind of thing personally like when I'm reading something that's got like a romantic drama kind of edge that you like to see you don't you don't just like to see the event of him saving her you like to see a little bit of like his thought here and that that vulnerability that question like for me reading this the first time you get that that little feeling in your stomach like ooh, why why does he not know like why did he (laughs) save her we don't know I liked that sentence too and I liked how she used the word vulnerable because vulnerability is just so important and they're, they're so far painting Cullen to be this sorry Edward they're painting Edward <laughs> <laughs> who the frick is Cullen okay <laughs> Cullen Cullen <laughs> So far, they're painting Edward to be this, like, non-emotional bad boy. So it's nice to, like, see, okay, there's something there. Like, there's some sort of feeling there. He's just really hard to understand right now. Definitely. So she goes home. She says, this is the first night that I dreamed of Edward Cullen. And that's how the chapter ends. Yeah, so that's gonna happen. I think it's really funny that this whole chapter takes place, like, probably theoretically in the time that would have been, you know, before school and then first period. And then she just, like, goes home and then it's, like, within the span of one period paragraph and then I went to bed like okay what where did the day go Uh what happened here gotta get to the next next day keep keep it rolling keep it rolling (laughs) that brings us to chapter four woo invitations now before I know it's been a while since you read this book when you got to this chapter did you recall what invitations meant no I had no idea what it meant it's one that I always forget like there's a chapter in one of the Harry Potter books called Hermione's Helping Hand and I always forget every single time I get to that chapter 
chapter. I'm like, what the heck is Hermione? What does she do? What, what, what does she Mary's help? Read Harry Potter like ten times. Oh, it's definitely more than that. Okay, sorry. But but I just always bugged me that I'm like, what is Hermione's helping hand? I can never remember. <laughs> and then I finish the chapter. I'm like, ah, of course, yes. Mm-hmm. But like right now, no idea. I have no Good clue what Hermione's helping mm-hmm. hand was. I don't know. I don't even remember what book it's from. <laughs> but she helps, I guess. Anyway, so it's uh, you want to talk about the dream that she has here because that's where we get this. Yeah. So we ended the last chapter. She said that's the first night I dreamed of Edward Cullen. And then the beginning of fourth, the fourth chapter, she describes the dream. And it's basically Edward kind of in the dark, but he's he's lit up like a sparkly light, like Christmas lights. He's kind of walking away from her. She can see his back. He's like constantly out of reach. She's trying to reach him. She's running. She can't. That's pretty much it. Just out of reach. Just out of reach. And it gets darker and darker, but she still sees that light. And she has this dream for an entire month about the sparkly boy. I'm like, I was trying to figure out if this is a metaphor. I, I think it is. I don't know what, like, what this metaphor is. Like, the light at the end of the tunnel? Like, is she dying? I, I don't know. No, I think it's just that he's, like, he's near her, but he's so distant with her, and he's just out of reach. Oh. She's never gonna be able to to get there, you know? She True. she feels like he's this unattainable thing. Okay. Maybe. Yeah, th- I don't that, know, that man. That makes perfect sense. Her other dreams are definitely much easier to understand than this one. <laughs> That's right. She has a few of these. Does she ever have a dream about a deer? <laughs> Isn't that how the movies start? I don't think she has a dream about a deer. I mean, maybe she does. Don't quote me on okay. that. I have not read these like 10 times. I've only read this book like probably three or four times. Okay. But the movie does start out with a deer. That was always kind of weird. Wow, I forgot about that. Can't wait to watch the movie again. I know. Excited for that. Bambi. In just a short, like 13 weeks or so. We'll see. <laughs> so she goes to school after having this really emotional dream. For a month. Been a, she it's been a month. Every day for a month. <laughs> yeah. Which it sounds exhausting. Oh, God. Yeah. So it's, uh, did, have you ever had a recurring dream? No. Like that. but I know people who have. have I you? I mean, I've definitely had recurring dreams or dreams where when I'm in them, I'm like, I've definitely had this before. Mm. And who knows if I actually have, because I think sometimes it's that I like had a dream and then woke up and then went back to sleep. But it, so I assume in my brain that it was like multiple, multiple times. It really was just twice in the same night or something mm. like that. Okay. So I definitely think that that has happened. But when I was a kid, I vividly remember having a dream where I would like, when I was really little, you know, five or six, that I would like go to my window every night and then get on like a broomstick and then go fly out outside and I'd be flying around with all my friends like we'd go to each person's house and pick them up but we didn't actually really have broomsticks it would be like you know those like it's like a horse head on a stick like someone would be riding <laughs> on that or like on a on a, like a toy vacuum cleaner Aww, or something that's so, so we're just like cute. flying around on these oh objects but I just yeah I just remember having was this was I there was I there this was the... this was way before I met you oh. this was like wait you met me when I was four what do you mean <laughs> way before you met me oh okay well maybe it was I don't know I it was it was I must have been in preschool because okay. I mean it was like all my preschool friends. Anyway, yeah, so she has this repetitive dream. And then we find out later in this chapter that it's March. So doing some reasoning, because she also (laughs) says that Edward hadn't talked to her for like six weeks or something like that. I believe that she came to school sometime in January. So I don't know if it was like the first day of the new semester, Mm -hmm. but it was probably soon thereafter, if not the first day. Okay, I was wondering Um, that too, because there's no like time context. Also, what grade are they in? Right, I believe that they are in 11th grade. Okay, cool. But I don't know. Has she mentioned it? If no, she has. not at all. Whoops, we missed it. I believe it's 11th grade. Okay, yeah. I believe you. So it, we got some context here now for some some uh, some time period. I mean, that makes sense. What with it being snowy mm-hmm. and everything. So then she says that she tried to talk to him the day after the 
accident and she just says hello Edward and he <laughs> yeah. doesn't respond and I'm like that's not really trying then you if he nods then maybe ask him a question try to start a conversation like I'm gonna give Bella a lot more props in this book than in the movie or other things for being like having a personality and being a when she does speak rather direct and feisty kind of per- not, I don't know if feisty is the right word it's more snarky snarky kind of person mm-hmm. she's very sarcastic she's like all this but she just really quickly gives up oh, yeah. with this hello Edward. I feel like she could have tried <laughs> yeah so I I don't know and it does frustrate me a little bit that she says that she gets miserable and that her mom senses her depression mm-hmm. over what Edward not talking to her like she's got all these other friends just a few short weeks ago she was so nervous about going to this new school and being like the outcast and having no friends etc yeah and now it's like oh apparently that none of that matters and now the only thing in your life is this guy I mean also is that not a metaphor for high school though oh true (laughs) (laughs) nothing like a little healthy high school obsession I don't know I I, mean it's pretty unhealthy well I've talked before I don't know probably not on a podcast but in my life I've talked a lot about how I don't remember anything from my 10th grade year (laughs) like sophomore year of high school I remember nothing and I think the reason behind that is I I can't like I can remember ninth grade vivid senior year got him junior year like a like crystal clear (laughs) but 10th grade got nothing and I think the reason is that there there wasn't any drama at least no boy related drama or anything for me whereas there was in all the other years Mm -hmm. and like middle school I remember vividly because there was a lot of like drama with like cliques and guys and stuff Mm -hmm. like that but 10th grade was nothing and so I just like I had my friends I was happy we hung out we probably had a great time but I don't remember (laughs) anything from it no I can't even think like who were my teachers what did I do I know we ran because we we did sports but like I cannot I cannot pick out a single memory that was from 10th grade but honestly like all of high school is pretty much a blur I don't feel crystal clear on any of it no I mean there's there's certain things that really really stand out to me certain moments certain like words I said certain words people said to me that were very memorable but then if you ask me to name like any teacher I had in high school I could probably name I don't know four out of the like 12 (laughs) teacher I probably I'm more than 12 I don't know how many you know 24 teachers that I had in high school and I could probably only name I don't know four or five of them like off the top of my head I could probably get more eventually but I definitely could not get all of them Mm -hmm. I can think of the ones that I had all four years which are the band director and my German teacher I can't think of anyone else rough sorry guys I (laughs) use what you taught me every day the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell oh my gosh yes never had to use that in my life though anyway so uh, Bella is you know whatever she's miserable but guess what super fun event coming up it's now March which means that in two weeks there's gonna be a girl's choice dance Ooh. Ooh. have you ever been to a girl's choice dance I went by myself Yes. I think we had one in high school and it was like ninth grade. I just wanted to bro out and like bop to some music. And that's what I did. I took myself to the girls choice dance. I said, I choose myself. It was in February. It was near Valentine's Day. I don't think it was on Valentine's Day, but it was near it. We called it the Sadie Hawkins dance, Mm -hmm. which I know is just another name for girls choice dance. Uh, I went, I asked someone and I went with them. And I remember thinking after the dance, like, well, that was awkward. (laughs) Uh, Never going to see this person again and then we dated for seven years but (laughs) but i i definitely thought that it was like uh super awkward i don't know at our school it was not a popular dance like our homecoming and our prom were popular pretty much everyone went and our jazz band dances were popular 
more talk on that another time, probably. Jazz band dances were lit. But yeah, the St. Hawkins dance only happened once, which is probably like speaks to it not being super popular. Yeah, I think it just wasn't great. And I understand the concept is like, oh, girls can ask, they can put the power in their hands. But the thing is with high school, like much like guys asking girls, girls asking guys, like, y- you know, you still only ask people if you think you know that someone is going to want to go with you. Also, why can't girls ask at any point? Well, I think they kind of can. True. More on that in the prom chapter. Oh, true. Because I have lots of other things to say about asking people to dances. Could talk about it here, but you know what? Let's just let just the suspense. Yeah, put a, yeah, put a pin in that. Come back. <laughs> but so so Jessica calls Bella and she's like, hey, I'm going to ask Mike to the dance. And Bella's like, sounds good. Go for it. I don't care. <laughs> but then Mike, he like tells Jessica, he's like, hold that thought. I'll come back to you. Put it on the back burner, which I would tell Jessica, girl, get out of it. If he doesn't say yes, like, you know, uh-huh. he's your, you know, you're his second choice. Yeah. And then he, uh, he asks Bella. And Bella's like, oh, you should go with Jessica. Just <laughs> funny. Yeah, and the way she says it, she she says no because she's going out of town. She like makes it up on the spot. She's like, oh god, I, I don't want to go to the dance at all, so I'm going out of town. <laughs> and then she says to Mike, like, sorry, I'm gonna be out of town, but you should you should say yes to Jessica. Don't keep her waiting. It's rude. Yeah, I love that. I love that sentence. We also note that while this conversation is happening, Edward seems to kind of like notice that this happened. He, he's paying attention. He's not mm-hmm. being just just so oblivious like he normally is. So he decides to talk to her after class because this is all in biology. He tells her that it's better that they aren't friends. But he keeps like saying like, sorry, I'm being rude, but I'm going to continue to be rude because (laughs) I don't think we should be friends. Actually, the way he starts the conversation is he says, Bella. And she's like, oh, you're talking to me now? And he's like, actually, no. (laughs) Actually, no. (laughs) And she interprets we're better not to be friends to mean like, I'm not interested in you and you're so clearly interested in me that we can't even be friends yeah because like he's like he's like i don't even want to entertain that yeah it's like the opposite of ghosting someone it's like mm. telling them to your face that you're so not interested it's really harsh actually when you think about it, it is. right so he tells her that and, and and yeah she she this is when she snaps at him again about like why didn't you just let the car kill me and he gets all mad is like oh you thought i wanted you to die which definitely is like girl this guy may not like you but he doesn't doesn't want you to die that's like super that's super uh a lot so that happens and then she goes to gym class and she plays basketball (laughs) that's a fun time got a lot of potatoes in there yeah don't worry guys we're gonna come back to this potato count save it for the end potato tots french fries got them all oh yeah so she does that and then uh and then she goes to her car, and guess who's there? Eric, who wants to <laughs> Actually, ask her to the dance. She's, like, walking to her car, and she panics because she sees a tall, dark figure. But then she realizes it's, quote, just Eric. <laughs> oh, poor guy. Poor Eric. Yeah. So Eric is like, uh, hey, I was just wondering if you'd go to the dance with me. And she's like, oh, I thought it was girl's choice. Love that he just he just asks her. Mm-hmm. Because Mike was like, hey, do you want to ask me to the dance? Yeah. She's like, hey, uh, I thought thought maybe you you maybe have you asked anyone are you uh thinking i was thinking maybe someone would ask me like mike beat around the bush a little bit yeah. more which gave her a better opening she or she just has to shut eric down but she's kind of taken off guard so it works she says no bella gets in her car somehow edward like walks by her and then gets in his car really fast and then zooms back out even though he was farther away don't know how that happened he like pulls out in front of her and blocks her in the parking lot yeah he pulls a real brick move here of just like sitting in line waiting for his family to come but like like, not letting anyone else go. Like, sit in your parking spot then. You don't get to get pulled out into the line. <sighs> Whatever. 
So he does this and he's causing this traffic jam. And while that's happening, and this is one of my favorite parts, because uh, I, I just have to read this paragraph, cracks me up. While I was sitting there looking everywhere, but at, but at the car in front of me, I heard a knock on my passenger side window. I looked over, it was Tyler. I glanced back in my rear view mirror, confused. His car was still running, the door left <laughs> open. I don't know why, this is so funny. They Tyler like got in his car and got behind her and then just sort of hopped out but left the car on. I don't know why I find also, that so funny. this is the dude that literally just spun his car across the entire parking lot and almost killed someone and now he's just like getting out of his car while it's still running who knows if the brake is on i can't believe his parents let him get another car (laughs) if if i had ever almost killed someone in an accident and totaled my vehicle which by the way foreshadowing from the beginning when bella was talking about how her car looked like it was going to be the kind of tough car that like doesn't get beat up in accidents and then like nothing really happened she had to like replace her tail light or something so if i was that person my parents would certainly not have bought me or let me buy another car they'd be like you taking the bus or we're driving you to school or something like that yeah i don't don't know what reality this kid is living in or his parents are living in but maybe he needs a little break (laughs) from driving maybe a little bit but instead they bought him a new car it's fine yeah and then he is my favorite so far these have been escalating like we mentioned and so he's just like hey will you ask me to the dance (laughs) (laughs) asks her to ask him that's great and she gets all mad i love this line where she says mike and Eric had already used up my quota of patience for the day. <laughs> like that you just have a quota and that it can get used up slowly with time. Right. Also, I like, love that. It's a pretty flattering thing to be asked to the dance, even if it's not someone you want to go with. I feel like you should have a little more patience for that. Have you ever been asked to the dance and had to turn someone down? Um, I'm trying to remember. I don't, I think maybe in like ninth grade because I wasn't allowed to go to a dance with a boy. I don't think so after that. So this all happens and then she goes home and she makes chicken enchiladas subplot cooking yeah sounds pretty good Makes some chicken enchiladas it's great there's a whole lot about her dicing up the onions and um being really careful not to cut herself and the of smell course. of like the spices and charlie's not used to it because he's a, a northern boy but yes jessica calls her again and she's like hey mike said yes and bella's like woohoo and then bella's like hey you know these two other dudes who asked me how about you set them up with these girls and it's convenient uh this is also the first time i want to note this that we hear about Lauren. Yeah, who the frick is Lauren? (laughs) She was like, okay, so maybe Angela can go with Eric and Lauren can go with Tyler. I was like, have we met Lauren? I don't think we have. So Lauren is described as a standoffish girl who had always ignored me at the lunch table. So Lauren is a jealous little Hmm. bitty. That's all we know about her so far. Sounds like a perfect match for Tyler. For Tyler, (laughs) Who we also know nothing about. We know nothing about Tyler, but we know that he's clearly confident enough to assume that him almost killing someone and then that they would want to go to a dance with him. True. So we must think that he's pretty cool. True. And if Lauren doesn't like Bella, maybe she'll like someone who tried to kill her. I don't know. <laughs> it's like a... Pretty extreme. Yeah. I, I just think it's funny that we hear about this like one-sided hatred we got going here from Lauren. Yeah. Freaking Lauren. That's true because everyone else Lauren? like loves Bella for some reason even though she's kind of like a beach to all of them. Yeah. But we got Lauren. Alright, Lauren. Lauren's in my corner. Lauren's like... I don't get it, guys. Okay, so Lauren, we're going to put Lauren on Team Con yeah. with Rachel. What's up, girl? Right? All right, and then we're going to put, I guess, who's the one who likes Bella the most? I guess Mike. We'll mm-hmm. put Mike on Team Mary. There you go. 
that's, that's how it's gonna work. <laughs> We're gonna claim our characters. Yeah, the, the Avenger, the Avengers Civil War of characters. <laughs> Can yeah, I have Lauren? No. But he's on the Forbes fictional 15 list. We need funds. <laughs> fine, you can have Iron Man and I get Carlisle Cullen. Okay, fine. How does that sound? <laughs> because I, Iron Man is in this universe. I'm, I'm literally making your list right okay. now. We got Rachel, we got Lauren and Iron Man, and then Mary's <laughs> team has Mike and Carlisle. Perfect. Good to know. We'll come back to that. Keep a, keep a note. Okay. Uh, anyway, so Bella tells her dad that she's going to go in s- to Seattle in two weeks, so we got this whole plot line going. I kind of like how she says that she she just tells him. She doesn't really ask him because it would set bad precedent. Mm, that's true. Which I Setting guess makes authority. sense. She thinks she's okay. a, she thinks she's an adult. Okay, I'll see you, Bella. I mean, she's doing all the cooking, so yeah. I feel like she's definitely the one taking care of Charlie that, like, once again. Nicki Minaj song? Yes, I do the cooking. Is it Nicki Minaj? Yes, I do the cooking. Yes, I do the cleaning. <laughs> Never mind. I, I have no clue. Okay, it felt relevant. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I have no idea. Anyway, <laughs> so, okay. Good, good, good going here. So then Bella goes to school the next day, and Edward asks her, and he is being a straight up Quite hard here when he's like, so, two weeks from now, you know, the day of the dance? And she's all like, really? You're gonna ask me to? Are you trying to kill me? Uh, but then he's like, <laughs> nah, nah, I just heard you were going to Seattle. You wanna, you wanna come with me? Or you want me to drive you? Everyone's really concerned about her car. Yeah. Like, that her gas mileage is too high. <laughs> oh my god, I loved, I loved this bit. Okay, this is gonna be the one time you're gonna hear me say I loved this quote. So, Edward's asking her if she wants to ride to Seattle, and he's like, oh, your truck might not make it there on one tank of gas. And she's like, I don't see how that's any of your business. He goes back with, the wasting of finite resources <laughs> is everyone's business. Ooh! Okay. Ooh, environmental burn. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about that existential crisis of climate change. Ooh. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Good times yeah. had by all here. There's several lines in this exchange that kill me. First off, she says something and then it just says in the sentence, heavy sarcasm. <laughs> Not like I said sarcastically. There's just a whole sentence that just says heavy sarcasm. Two words. I remember that. Period. Is that a thing? Is that, like, can you, are you allowed to just do, do narration like that? I would say that's a sentence like fragment, but... <laughs> that's, oh, there he is. Oh, thanks. Now that's all cleared up. Heavy sarcasm. <laughs> it cracks me up. I love that. Your 10th grade uh, literature teacher would not approve. We are four chapters in and there have been no no um, references to her gulping or uh, blinking a lot or clearing her throat or swallowing. But there is a lot of sass, snark, and sarcasm. Mm-hmm. The three S's. True. Of Bella Swan. <laughs> I don't even, I don't even know anymore. Yeah. So that's good times. Sassnark and sarcasm. Yeah. I don't, I don't love this phrase. I couldn't remember how to breathe. Ugh. So overused. And it's just not factually true. Yeah. And then he ends the chapter by saying that she really should stay away from him. So (laughs) definitely king of mixed signals here. Yeah. Having no idea that he's a vampire. They've talked three times at this point. He was kind of friendly and then ignored her for a long time. And then something weird happened and then was really mean to her for a long time. And then he's like, hey, let's go on this little trip together all over the place. He's like a bad boy wannabe. He's like, oh, you should stay away from me. I'm not, I'm no good for you. You shouldn't be friends with me. 
we intellectuals having read this book before know why he's doing that. But if I were Bella, like, stay away from this guy. He's a piece of work. Yeah, definitely a little bit creepy. Mm-hmm. So that, um, it's, uh, ugh. Yeah, ugh. It's a, it's a thing. And then that, that's the end of uh, chapter four. So, Yay. good times. Yeah, there's, there's one other sort of running theme throughout chapter four that I find a little bit laughable, just sort of knowing who Bella is as a person. We've kind of mentioned this a couple times in, I think, like, the first couple chapters. Edward was staring at her, and Jessica kept looking, and she was like, look away from him. (laughs) She said, contemplating violence. Like, Bella thinks she's a lot tougher than she actually Mm. is. She's always contemplating doing these violent things that we know she's never gonna be brave enough to do. Mm -hmm. And throughout this entire chapter, she repeats over and over about how she's, like, contemplating destroying Edward's car, his (laughs) shiny silver Volvo. Putting a nice dent in the bumper. Yeah, she's like, oh, I could, I could hit them. It wouldn't hurt them at all. It would just hurt that paint job. Yeah. And then, and when he's talking about her gas mileage, she's like, yeah, you freaking shiny silver Volvo owner (laughs) and all this. It's just kind of funny. At the same time, the only thing she can muster to say to him after the hospital is, hello, Edward. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I mean, I I love that Bella, like, sees herself so differently than everyone else does. Yeah, that is interesting. It's a very stark difference. Yes. Yeah, for sure. So, all right. Shall we do best line, worst line? Let's do it. I have have four best (laughs) lines. (laughs) I just have one. I didn't know we could do more than one. Okay, well, Well, I'll read. I couldn't choose. Well, I'll read mine. So, when did this happen? Oh, I know when it happened. So they were arguing in the hospital and she's trying to get him to tell her how the frick he managed to like get across the parking lot that fast. And she's trying to be all tough and like not give in even though he's gaslighting her. And she's like, I was in danger of being distracted by his living glorious face. It was like trying to stare down a destroying angel. Like, okay, destroying angel for one. Let's talk about that. Angels are good, right? Well, so I was going to ask because like I'm not really familiar with with like angels and like fallen angels and all that stuff. That's not really a, a piece of knowledge that I have. Yeah, same. With, with the exception of, I believe there might have been fallen angels. Was there were there fallen same. angels in that in that really terrible <coughs> city of bones? I'm not sure. <laughs> I think that was a thing. I blocked out that book series. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. That, that was, was also based off of um, Harry Potter fan fiction. So really, yep. Oh god, I read only the yeah. first book in that series, and I yeah. Any Draco fanfiction. Fun no fact. No way. Yep. Yeah, there was just a little bit too much of like normalizing incest in that book for me that I had to back off. <sighs> There is a look. Uh, we're we can have a whole other podcast. On. Look, here's the thing, and I just want to say this again: if anybody listening to this podcast loves those books, have your guilty pleasures. Love them, love them all you want. I would love it if you could leave me some comments or some tweets describing to me how on earth those are any good. <laughs> like, like I, I, when I mean good, I don't mean entertaining. Like, if you're entertained by them, I think people can be entertained by whatever you want. I own the Fifty Shades of Grey books, but like, understand that they are not good books, but have been entertained by them. I just want you to. Try I like I want to be convinced. Somebody convince me of what is it that makes them like good literary pieces. That's what I would like to know. That's what this whole podcast is about. In fact, it really is. It's it's exactly what this podcast is about. So I'm I'm interested in knowing that. 
On the other hand, let's go to the best lines. So my favorite part being the pro person on this podcast. So basically a lot of these are just her being snarky. I love where she says when Mike asks her if he's going to go, she says, sorry, no. I said, so you shouldn't make Jess wait any longer. It's rude. (laughs) Just calling him out. Love that. I don't know if I, if I would do that. If I, like, I think I read Bella as being very like stone-faced and direct, whereas she probably actually said it like, oh, sorry, no. And, And you know, you shouldn't make Jess wait any longer. It's rude. Wow. Or it's rude. Okay. I read her as stone-faced too, but when you like yeah. said it in that inflection, that seems way more likely. <laughs> yeah, I think it's more likely, but for whatever reason, when I read Bella, mostly because her inner monologue is so negative that I just find her being like, no, you shouldn't wait, make Jess wait any longer. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. rude. <laughs> I think her is very monotone. Also, I'm probably thinking of Kirsten Stewart, who is very monotone. <laughs> also possible. Also possible for sure. My n- next quote that I really liked is, the what we talked about again, her being snarky when she says, what, are you speaking to me again? I finally asked an unintentional note of petulance in my voice and then him saying, no, not really. I liked I liked that exchange. I love when Tyler says, will you ask me to the spring dance? That's a good one. <laughs> and then when she goes home when she's making enchiladas, I like the part where she says, of course he wasn't interested in me. I thought angrily, my eyes stinging. And then it says, a delayed reaction to the onions. <laughs> now, I don't know if that's like really is it really a delayed reaction or is that her inner monologue trying to justify to herself like as if there was someone else there she going I'm not crying it's just because I've been cutting <laughs> onions I've always read it as like she really was angry crying yeah. but she just like is trying to justify it Ugh, I, I don't think know why I find that. that funny I like that line too I thought angrily my eyes stinging a delayed reaction to the onions it's like oh but I'm not crying over Edward because we've only talked three times it's just the onions exactly she's justifying it to herself so I'm probably if I had to go through all of those I think just my my favorite like pure line of text is Tyler saying, will you ask me to the spring dance? But I love, I love the, <laughs> I love the literary note of her, um, of her, her claiming that it was the onions. Yeah. I don't know why I think that's so funny. I liked that. Yeah, so that's good. So our food count, we're up to two total for the book because today in chapter four, Bella made chicken enchiladas. What did she make in chapter one? She made steak and baked potatoes that's and right. a salad. Oh, or in, that was in chapter two, chapter I believe. Two. Okay. But yeah. Um, What's your favorite so, Bella meal so far? Tweet at us. <laughs> I mean, mine is probably the steak and potatoes. Oh, I'm, I'm not a big chicken, chicken person. Mm, I don't know about that. Okay. I mean, it's fine. Well, this is a podcast where we disagree with each other, so that's allowed. Um, Fair. There's a specific type of food that I'd like to talk about. Oh, what's that? A potato. Oh, yes. Let's get into our <laughs> potato count. We had a lot of potato counts in this go around. Chapter three, we had a lot of fun stuff going on with the ice. And, and for any of you who don't remember, our potato count is Bella being so ridiculously clumsy or thinking about or talking about how clumsy she's being that is just inhuman to where she's a potato. Just over the top, out of control, human potato. So chapter three, everything's iced up overnight and Bella doesn't want to go outside. So she says, quote, I had enough trouble not falling down when the ground was dry. It might be safer for me to go back to bed now. It took every ounce of my concentration to make it down the icy brick driveway alive. I almost lost my balance when I finally got to the truck, but I managed to cling to the side mirror and save myself. Kind of surprised she didn't like rip the mirror off the truck. Yeah, she was sliding all over the place, flailing around. Mm-hmm. And this one's a little more forgivable because she's from like the south and probably not used to ice. But if you know it's icy, like be, be I don't know, be careful. Yeah, I feel like most of the time people are slipping on ice because they're just kind of not really paying attention to it. She knows it's there and she's still out of control. <laughs> all right. So again, in chapter three, she's in the hospital. Dr. Colin is telling her that there's some people from her school in the waiting room and 
She wants to leave, but once she hears of people in the waiting room, she's like, oh no, oh god, I have to see people. So he's like, oh, would you rather stay instead? She says, no, no, I insisted, throwing my legs over the side of the bed and hopping down quickly. Too quickly, I staggered. Dr. Cullen caught me. He looked concerned. I'm fine, I assured him again. No need to tell him my balance problems had nothing to do with hitting my head. Yes, yeah, that was good. I think it's also fun just to think about like, ooh, Dr. Cullen being the chivalrous doctor, (laughs) getting to catch her before she falls. Mm-hmm. Kind of interesting that they didn't note, like, and his hands were also cold. Maybe he has gloves on. That would make sense if he's, like, a doctor. Oh, that's true. I didn't think about that. So, but yeah. Know. Just based on, like, how observant Bella is about all of the Cullen family's, like, weirdness, you would think that they would have mentioned yeah. that. But not yet. I guess they want to just leave us in suspense for a little bit longer. She's very focused on Edward at this time, too. She seemed very yes. dismissive of Dr. Cullen. But anyway, flailing all over the place in the hospital when she doesn't have a head injury but anyway yeah so that's two more for chapter three two for chapter three add that to our total chapter four we got a few (laughs) so when the topic of the dance comes up and she says she like doesn't want to go to the dance at all it's because quote dancing was glaringly outside my range of capabilities (laughs) maybe yeah i get not liking dancing but she's just like oh no i can't do it my i am so out of control and out of balance i can't do it (laughs) at least do a little fist bump no one's expecting anything from you in high school. I really hate the excuse of just, like, I don't dance. Yeah. Like, when she's talking with her dad later, she says, like, no, dad. You know, I don't dance. And he's like, oh, yeah, of course. Of course not. Like, people, come on. Dancing, you know, most of it's just sort of bobbing up and down, Mm. bumping your fist. Or, like, if, you know, it's not like you're going to be required to swing dance at a high school dance, I say, even though our jazz band dances were 100% swing dancing. True. Or, like, attempted swing dancing. Right, but this is an awkward Sadie Hawkins dance. Like, the most you're going to have to do is, like, really slowly pivot in a circle slow dance like come on it's gonna be fine you got this yeah plus like if it's like a middle school dance basically all we did was like walk back and forth between the gym and the cafeteria and eat you know ring pops mm-hmm. or pixie sticks airheads oh yeah Those giant ones basically so good. any candy that can make your tongue and lips all blue mm-hmm. a lot of that oh yeah blue raspberry oh yeah that's Not middle school fruit. so oh yeah yeah <laughs> so there's a couple more here about dancing mike asked her to go to the dance quote i didn't want to get into the safety hazards that dancing presented like why not why not just say i guess that's because normal people would be like bella that's not a good excuse yeah And then <laughs> when she's having the conversation with Edward, where he's like, oh, it's better if we're not friends. She tries to storm out. She says, quote, I gathered my books together, then stood and walked to the door. I meant to sweep dramatically out of the room, but of course, I caught the toe of my boot on the door jam and dropped my books. I stood there for a moment, thinking about leaving them. <sighs> Every time, every like, I just want her to have one win, you know, where she's like walking from point A to point B and does not trip on something, especially in a dramatic moment. Like, I want her to have one win and so far she has had zero. I I would say that the thing I like about this is it's not the, it's not the part about her tripping or like dropping the books. I love the self-awareness of just being like, I stood there for a moment thinking about just leaving them so I could do my like dramatic sweep out. Like, I feel like I've been in situations like that where you're like so frustrated at yourself for like dropping something or breaking something and you just like you just want to leave yeah. you don't even want to like you don't even want to be a part of this oh, situation yeah. anymore but then she has to like reluctantly bend down to pick them up so that i actually really like that one edward sweeps them up for her actually right and then of course we go to the gym again oh yeah and this one this one's also hilarious <laughs> so she's playing basketball in gym quote my team never passed me the ball but i fell down a lot <laughs> sometimes i took people with me 
Like, what are you doing where you're somehow falling down? I mean, I guess I could kind of believe, like, okay, she's sort of running back and forth. Mm-hmm. Maybe she, like, does a, a does an awkward pivot. But multiple stay times, far away. Multiple times. And, yeah. And then stay far away enough from people that you don't, like, knock them over. <laughs> yeah. How are you taking people down with like, you? Like, are you grabbing them as you fall? I don't know. She's out or of people control. trying to help you? She is a safety hazard in gym. This is the fourth time she's mentioned hurting people in gym accidentally. <sighs> It, it this makes this makes no sense. Yeah. She needs a free pass for Jim. She's a safety hazard. And then a few more. She's cooking dinner. I tried to concentrate on dinner, dicing the chicken especially. I didn't want to take another trip to the emergency room. <laughs> Gotta be careful with those kitchen knives. I guess that's not so much a potato moment. Just trying very hard to avoid a potato moment. And another potato moment when she gets out of her car the next day, right before Edward approaches her. Getting out of the cab, I fumbled with a key and it fell into a puddle at my feet. And again, I'm just realizing this. Edward sweeps it up for her. So maybe Maybe. He does that a lot. Maybe she's trying to create this dynamic where it's like, oh, clumsy damsel in distress. And Edward's always right there to pick her up when she falls. I mean, certainly that's how some people read yeah. this probably. I like to think of it more like maybe they're just meant to be because someone who is clearly such a potato really <laughs> needs like a superhuman to help them <laughs> to just get through life. <laughs> yeah, I think it makes sense. Okay. That that works for me. So this is, this is great. All of these yeah. wonderful things that happened. And that brings with four chapters in, four. 14 potatoes total for Bella. What can you do with that many potatoes? I mean, you could feed a family of 14. (laughs) (laughs) There is that. You could make a boatload of mashed Mm. potatoes. You could play hot potato 14 times. Oh, that's good. Well, wait, I mean, you probably play more than that, right? Don't you throw it around until it explodes? I thought you just, I actually have no idea how to play hot potato. (laughs) Not with a real potato, at least. Could I just make it up? I don't know. Tweet us. How do you play hot potato? Yeah, I don't know. So let's rank these chapters in our running rankings here. So far, we have chapter two at number one and then chapter one at number two. But so chapter three, let's say, where do you think this goes? Chapter three was the one with the car accident. So clearly a pivotal moment. A pivotal moment. And I enjoyed that like bit of action. But oh my God, Bella, she was like being rude to all the hospital people. She didn't even talk to her friends in the waiting room. She just kind of waved them off. She was rude to Charlie. When she got home, she slams the door on Charlie because he told her mom and she was mad that he told her mom she was just she was a piece of work in chapter three so i don't know what about chapter four chapter four was mostly fallout i thought the stuff with the guys asking her to the dance was really funny i would put it though probably closer to number one just because it was a lot of individual conversations and nothing super important happened it was kind of a filler chapter just to get edward and bella back sort of on the same page and to set up this seattle trip Mm -hmm. that's gonna happen in two weeks so I think that it's probably I'd probably put it up I'd probably put it above chapter one mm-hmm. I agree with that below chapter two and then chapter three is tricky too it's the first time we see Edward do something really astonishing what did we like about chapter two I don't remember what, happened in- I think that it- what was the name of chapter two open book open they book. had a conversation it was the one where they were in biology oh, with the class sexy bio like, conversation right okay. the sexy bio conversation is the sexy bio conversation better than like their arguments in the um in the hospital and stuff i mean at least they were kind of friendly to each other in the sexy bio conversation but we do get a little more meat in chapter three. Oh, 
Okay, here's my vote. You can tell me if you agree or not. Okay. Two, wait. We, we, okay, so we said four below two. Okay, so two, four, three, one. So you like the invitations more than the actual car crash. Just because Bella was a nightmare in that chapter. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. And she does sort of do more of her thinking about the car crash. So two, four, three, one. All right, guys, cool. that's our, our running list so far. If you have any disagreements, I'm sure you will. Let us know. It, it'll, you know, it'll happen, probably. <laughs> change our mind. Yeah, yeah, change our mind. Our collective mind. Right, we only have yeah. one. I definitely don't just, like, let Rachel win sometimes. <laughs> because I, I don't like to argue. I'm a pacifist. Mm-hmm. That's why mm-hmm. I'm pro-Twilight. <laughs> all, all pro-Twilight people are, are pacifists. Of course. That's not true. If you enjoyed this or you have some hot debates you want to hit us with, feel free to send us comments and questions. You can put those on our website under the post of the episode or on Twitter. That's KowskiCast, cow with a K. Our website's also KowskiCast.com, cow with a K. You can follow me online at Frail Mary everywhere, and you can follow Rachel at Stuken on Twitter. That's S-T-U-U-U-K-E-N, three U's. We like repeat letters. Mm-hmm. And if you enjoyed the podcast, we'd love if you left a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. It's the best way to, for people to find our shows in the future. Yes, and if you leave us any of those, we will be reading those on the podcast as well. So, you know, even if you disagree with us, you can drop the five-star rating and then just write a nasty review. I don't care. <laughs> uh, all right, that's all for this week's episode. Thank you for joining us and we'll be back next week for our rereads of chapters five and six. For now, we are the Kowski cast. Thanks for listening, Twihards and fellow haters. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Every morning when I wake up, I ask myself if I'm Team Edward or Team Jacob, but a part of me says that Sorry, Dave. I, I I turned my phone off so I didn't see your text. I'm I'm almost done in here. He just he has to get a shirt. All good. I know. Hi, Dave. I'm so my favorite part of podcasting is when I get to cut out all of the conversations and stuff, <laughs> and then see the time drop. You just gonna take them all out? Yeah, I need all my shirts so I don't do this again. Okay, I'm bad. sorry. Anyway. Bye, Dave.